Coming up this week on the Vacationland Theme Park Podcast, the Disneyland Resort reaches an agreement with its unions over a wage increase, but not everyone is happy about it. Knott's Berry Farm offers ideas on how to celebrate a certain beagle's birthday, and tickets are now on sale for Knott's Berry Farm's Halloween haunt. Plus, a little bit later on, it's nearly time to pack away the pool noodles and send the kids back to school. Summer is coming to a close, and we're going to celebrate the holidays in August by bringing you what we love most about the holiday season in the parks, as well as a preview of some of the upcoming holiday events. From an undisclosed location near the Pacific Ocean, this is the Vacationland Theme Park Podcast. This is the Vacationland Theme Park Podcast for the week of August 5th, 2018. Visit our travel partner, Magical Vacation Planner by Karis, for help planning your next vacation getaway to any of the following. Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney and Alani, Universal Studios Orlando, and Royal Caribbean, Princess, Carnival Cruises, and more. Get your free consultation by visiting Magical Vacation Planner by Karis on Facebook or by visiting MagicalVacationPlanner.com backslash staff backslash Karis, C-A-R-I-S-S, dash Milano, M-I-L-A-N-O. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Vacationland Theme Park Podcast, a discussion of the latest news, reviews, and history from all of the Southern California theme parks and beyond, brought to you by our team of theme park fans and experts. My name is Chris Ramirez. I am the host and executive producer of Vacationland, and this week I am joined by associate producer and Knott's Berry Farm reporter, Brandis Strotman. Hello, Brandis. Hello. Welcome back. Alternate John and Knott's Berry Farm reporter, John Strotman. Hey, John. Hey, Chris. And joining us this week, once again, our resident historian, author of Skipper Stories, True Tales from the... <clears throat> author of Skipper Stories, colon, True Tales from Disneyland's Jungle Cruise, professor of history, Dr. David Marley. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. I'd like to mention that. Thank you. Uh, and I'd like to mention that uh, True Tales from Disneyland's Jungle Cruise, uh, Skipper Stories, by our very own Dr. David Marley is currently available on Amazon. It is. Correct. And um, we have a, a little bit of an announcement. We're going to be doing a giveaway to our listeners. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to announce a contest here. And the grand prize for the contest is going to be a signed copy of True Tales from the Jungle Cruise, uh, authored and autographed by Dr. David Marley. So I'd like to thank him for uh, participating in that. And we'll give you more details on that as it comes along. Uh, so I'd like to welcome everyone back. Sorry we didn't have our regular show last week. We, Once again, we're in summertime and things happen in summertime. And so um, Brandis and John had some family commitments. I was just feeling lazy and we didn't want to make the drive out. So um, It's been too humid to do anything. It has anyway. been very humid. And the, the building that we're in, um, I have to turn off the air conditioner for the, um, for the sound, right? So that the sound doesn't get... Uh, so you'll pick up the sound of the air conditioning. And so if you have been following along with the weather in Southern California, first of all, everything's on fire, which literally. I literally, yeah, literally everything's on fire. But we, if you go back to our very first or second show, I think that was also the case last year when we did this, like everything had just literally been on fire. And so um, our thoughts are certainly with all of those people in Northern California who are dealing with all of the fire um, events and Yosemite, a friend of ours had to, cancel and, and reschedule his vacation plans. He was planning on going up to Yosemite to, to camp out and end up having to go down to the beach. I know, poor him. But um, so they went uh, camping down at the beach and uh, because they couldn't get into Yosemite because of all the fires that are burning. Um, so, David, you have some uh, an exciting event coming up this week in San Diego, do you not? I do. Uh, I'm going to be uh, talking about the Jungle Cruise at the Tiki Oasis 
which I found out is the world's largest tiki convention. Yeah, tell me more. Tell us more about that. What I'm is sorry, tiki? There's always? a tiki convention. There is a tiki convention. There are lots of tiki oh, conventions. Tiki huge, man. There's tiki con in Portland. There's one in Seattle. There's one in um, uh, Florida. I think Jacksonville, Florida, or Tampa Bay, someplace in Florida. But uh, tiki oasis in San Diego every year is huge. There are thousands of people that go. Have you been to that tiki store? It's like huge in Anaheim. No. Is, is, is there's a tiki room. Is it is that an Anaheim tiki room where they sell all the? No, 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 the there's, it, there's that's where the birds, birds sing words in the flowers croon. At the oh, tiki, in the tiki tiki tiki, 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 tiki room. Tiki. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, we, I, we walked I, him right into that. Yeah, <laughs> thank um, you for that. We are that is that is what we excel at on this show. But no, I, I think I've heard of what you're I've heard of what you're saying. I've never been. There's a there's a big tiki retail. Yeah, it's a warehouse. I saw a video on it, and there's so much stuff there. So much. There's one in Whittier, a huge one. Maybe that's what I'm talking about or thinking about. Um, rather. So how did you get involved in Tiki Oasis? Um, my wife got me involved. Uh, I got an email congratulating me on being accepted as a speaker for their symposium. And I had to read to figure out what it was. Um, so she'd signed me up. So <laughs> that wow, was awesome. That's really, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, she's awesome. She supports me more so, than I support myself, clearly. <laughs> um, so can you just you just submit? You just clearly you just submit... Um, yeah. Right. So there's another guy named Trader Brandon who has a book on tiki decorating. He's yeah. doing a talk and people are talking about different things. So I'll be talking about how, um, what movies influence the Jungle Cruise. So like African oh. Queen and some oh, of their I love that movie. adventure true life movies and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which might surprise some people. And uh, there's a, they share an art director, but, right? Some yes. people don't know. Yeah. And so this Tiki Oasis thing, there's just, it looks like, I've never been. So I have a lot of friends that have gone. So it looks like just a lot of drinking by the pool. And that sounds boring. Rum, right? Exactly. And like <laughs> classes on rum and classes on collecting tiki mugs. Right. And, and as um, we learned, as we learned uh, in last week's show, I have quite the extensive tiki mug collection at home. That's. I figure what, what, what they're what paying me to go is I'm going to spend you. it on tiki mugs. So it teaches you. So I, I'm assuming that because there's there's different classifications of tiki mugs. There's different yeah. manufacturers throughout the era. There's different eras of tiki mugs, and it's a whole it's a whole subculture. One talk I'm going you, to. When you and your wife did up your wills, did you include your tiki mug collection in there? Not yet, but it's not a terrible. He's idea. afraid to, to to put that in the will because then I'll come for him. He knows. <laughs> yeah, he's burying it with him. Exactly, exactly. Like Tutankhamen. Okay, he's gonna have a tiki mug coffin. So, so your talk is gonna be my talks on the jungle on cruise the jungle cruise and how it was because their theme this year is um, South Sea cinemas. So it's about. Movies that relate yeah. to tiki culture. They give a lot of instruction on how to wear. So they they give a lot of instruction on because they figured people are going to be like South uh, South Pacific. Yeah. Um, but how to wear military uniforms and yeah. not be offensive about it. Like how to yeah you know dress like South Pacific without going you know wearing a full blown military outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that so. is one of the one of the conventions I've always wanted to go to. We never make it down there, but so yeah, that's cool. And then tell us a little bit more. I don't know if we've ever dived into it. Dove into it. Dived into it. Dive, dove. Old P, dove. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but um, in depth. But uh, tell us a little bit about your book. Uh, Skipper Stories is the very first oral history of a Disneyland attraction. So I interviewed skippers from every era of the park and had them tell me their best stories about working there and pranks they pulled, celebrities they met, all kinds of wild things. And uh, it was popular, so number two is going to come out this Christmas. Yeah, and yeah. if you're and if you're interested in that, uh, we will provide a link to that uh, when the time comes. And then we can't talk about it now, but um, we're going to be David's going to be a guest of ours in the coming months, and he's got um, 
some some other uh, things that he's going to be sharing with us. And uh, we are really looking forward to having you on uh, the show more often in the next couple of months. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm looking so, forward to it. Awesome. Okay, so I've got a little bit of something to, to come along. Um, is, is there, has anybody ever heard of Bing Bong's Sweet Treats? Does that ring a bell with anybody? Bing Bong Bing does. Bong is from Inside Out. Riley's imaginary friend. You really do know me? Well, of course. Riley loves playing with you. You two are best friends. Oh, oh, you would know. We're trying to get back to headquarters. Headquarters? You guys are from headquarters? Well, yeah. I'm Joy. This is Sadness. Inside Out, right. So over at the Disneyland Resort, they opened up um, at, on Pixar Pier kind of as the last... Uh, the last piece as it stands right now in phase one of Pixar Pier, they opened up Bing Bong's Sweet Treats. And um, based on what I've been hearing, it was kind of a, is kind of a disaster. They, a friend of mine had to, basically this was an 18 month job that they crammed into six months. And it was uh, apparently so hot a couple of weeks ago when it first opened. So if you've ever been to Big Top Gifts, which is the, uh, was the old location, there's three roll up doors on in this location and so they decided to put a kind of a slushy slurpy stand where they called memory memory makers uh basically there's just a slurpy and they put candy and stuff in it and so apparently it was so hot a couple of weeks ago that they had to close one of the doors because the heat from the outside was melting these slurpies and slurpies that they're um uh that they were making too quickly and uh our our Reporter Diane Havde was out at Bing Bong's and she actually liked them. She said they're really sweet, but it was actually really good. But they were not. They were absolutely not ready for prime time when they opened this thing up. They had um, bed sheets strung across locations. Things were not ready. Um, it was really, really it was it wasn't good so hopefully they're, they're they're getting a little bit better about that but uh if you go to Pixar Pier and you've uh, visited Bing Bong Sweet Treats uh let us know take a couple of pictures you can contact us on our Facebook page which we will give out later um the other the other thing is that of course uh, we went to the Lamplight Lounge and uh, currently in the middle of uh Paradise Lagoon the uh, tables for World of Color are up and they're, they're working on repairs as you know that we've been reporting on the um, so the table and the the sinking of the show pieces and the flooding of the server room so that doesn't look like it's going to be coming back anytime soon they've already been refunding back the um, dining packages for world of color they were hoping to get it up by the end of summer then they were hoping to get it up by christmas and now it looks like they're not going to be getting it up before the end of the year um, happens to everybody yeah it does <laughs> One of my favorite students works at that that lounge. Oh, really? At Lamplight yeah. Lounge? Yeah. We love it. It's gotten a lot of mixed reviews, and we have had nothing but, but good experiences. His name is Josh, it. and he was an awesome student. Oh, that, that, that guy. You used to be, a, you used to be, of course, a professor of history. He's a good guy. So only only the best. Only the best for this show. Um, you guys, have you guys been to the parks, uh, Brandy and John? Anything, anything new? I have a question for you guys. Have you heard anything about the changes coming to the annual pass system at Knott's Berry Farm? I haven't heard yet, but we're about to make our last payment on our season pass. Um, so I'm wondering if we're going to get an email uh, since our pass is good until uh, December 31st. Okay. So I don't know what it, what's going to happen, but we will know at least in January 1st. Okay. I mean, actually, I'm going to try to renew it in November because your payments are cheaper if you start in November. Um, so we'll know then what happens. And somebody, I heard somebody use the word auto renewal. Somebody said that the auto renewals are coming. So maybe the auto renew and then you just change yeah. it to an annual pass. Cause it doesn't seem, I mean, the structure is going to change cause it'll be yeah. an annual pass. I really want to know pass. how it's going to be. Cause yeah, with the season pass, you get six payments. 
cheapest if you buy in November because it doesn't start until January 1st. So you buy in November, it's like $9 a month or something per pass. But then if you get it later on, it's still six payments, but it's like $12 or something. So it goes up the longer you wait. So I'm curious how it's going to work with the annual pass if I'm going to be paying every month now instead of every six months and then paid off or what. And then along those lines, we've always had it where it's good from January 1st to December 31st. So how's that going to work? Yeah, how's, I'm, I'm curious how they're going to, if they're just going to, if your season pass continues, because the season has an end, right, though? Yeah, it ends on the beginning of the year, right? Yeah, it's yeah. December 31st, so, it so ends, starts the last January 1st. And the last thing I heard was that they weren't taking any more applications for season passes, so maybe January 1st. We'll see. I'm, I'm really curious. To see oh, you mean like they're not giving out any they're, new? They are not selling passes at all right now. Yeah. Oh, good, I guess. Like a lot of people on, on Facebook have been upset that they go to buy, because I have a friend that does that. Um, they only go in the summer, so she'll go in June and buy the season pass knowing that they're only going for three months, but it still makes it worth the price. They you, they won't even sell those right now. Yeah, they just, they're, they've they completely stopped selling uh, passes. And so maybe they'll restart in January, just start everybody fresh with an annual pass, and then that'll just be what they're doing. So, all right. Well, that is going to do it for our introductory segment. Um, anything else? Anybody going once? Going twice? Any old business? <laughs> all right. <laughs> let's move on to new business, and let's go park hopping welcome to the magic kingdom of disneyland there are several ways to visit this happy place if this is your first visit you may enjoy the guided tour welcome to universal studios hollywood the entertainment capital of la Welcome one and all, y'all come have a ball, things are very fine, riding on the old Knightsberry line. All right, park hopping is of course our news segment, and for the purposes of this show, we are going to kick it off to David. And David, tell us about the union negotiations over at the Disneyland Resort. I would love to. This is exciting news. The Disneyland Resort announced that it has reached an agreement with its largest labor unions for a minimum wage increase of about 40% within two years. This will put cast members representing the Master Services Council at $15 an hour by 2019, which will be one of the highest minimum wages in the country. This agreement benefits approximately 9,700 cast members who work in the restaurants, the shops, run the attractions, maintenance at both of the Anaheim Disney Parks, the hotels, and the shopping district. Um, the park and the, the council that represents the workers said in a joint statement, we have a successful history of working together since Disneyland Park opened in 1955, and this contract continues the shared commitment to our cast members. Ah, uh, doesn't that warm your heart? Mm-hmm. Um, the agreement represents one of the, the most substantial wage increases in the history of the Disneyland Resort, with non-tipped cast members seeing an immediate 20% jump in pay. As of January 1st, 2019, the minimum wage weight will raise to $15 an hour as an additional full-time non-tipped cast member who is at current minimum could begin making as much as $8,000 more a year. 
could be doesn't necessarily mean if they get the hours. Yeah, if they get the hours. Uh, this, this, uh, so I, I want to believe that this is a good thing. And I also know that Disney never does anything without having a larger plan in the, in the scheme. So on one hand, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this is part of the effort that they led to, uh, the, that, that whole fight for 15 movement and, you know, the Disneyland unions were really, really pushing this and they had actually gotten a referendum plan to try to put on the ballot, um, to make Anaheim's minimum wage, uh, $15 an hour and be tied to the cost of living. Didn't California pass a law that over the next couple years, everybody goes up to $15? Oh, Brandis is the big winner here. So yeah. So basically these people got screwed, but think they won. On the other side of that, yeah, so the so the normal Disneyland contract is five years, and I know that because David and I used to both be cast members, and, um, you know, we were not involved in the union, but we were, I think, aware enough of what was going on. Um, so the normal contracts are five years. This is a three-year contract. In three years, the state minimum wage will raise to $15 an hour. Um, the other thing that is not going over so well is that when you're a cast member that's been at the resort for a long time, you, there is a a limit to how much you can make. And so once you hit that, what they call the cap, once you hit the cap, then there is, you're not going to make any more. And so with this new contract that's coming in, the, um, the new employees are essentially going to be making as much as employees that have been there for 10, 12, 15 years. David, you wanted to say something? Oh yeah, I just wanted to say that this this whole thing with Disney giving into the union or whatever is a hundred percent about that ballot initiative that made it on the ballot in Anaheim that says if you have a company that gets millions of dollars in tax breaks from the city, you have to pay your employees a living wage. It was it was deliberately targeted at Disney, and so yeah, Disney I do did know this. Anaheim's last elections due to Disney were very contentious. Yes, uh, and um, some Disney sponsored candidates didn't win, which I found interesting. But Disney 100% did this to keep that ballot measure from passing because this they have, what, 25,000, 30,000 employees? Yeah. And so this covers Nine. some of them, yeah. but it doesn't cover all of them. Yeah, and this was the this Master Services Council is the big one. Like I think it said mm-hmm. in, the, in the news story, like, that is the, the, the ticket takers. That's your, your ride operators, traction operators. That's your, um, your some food handlers um, because... The foods union, some of the foods union is covered by the UFCW, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. There's also been some other rumors that are just rumors at this point, so I don't want to get into those about some things that Disney may be. Well, let's spread nasty rumors. Taking away, let's not. I'm, I'm, I won't do that. <laughs> um, but uh, some, and we can talk about it off off the air. But um, there's a lot of rumors going around about what the fallout from this. Um, whole wage increases. And one of the big fallouts is that I think a lot of the older cast members feel a little bit slighted. You know, the old attractions cast members and people that are covered by Teamsters and the, um, the other union, the other foods union that's part of the master services agreement. They're feeling a little bit slighted that they're not, you know, all these other people are going to be essentially coming in and making as much money as them. But they've been at the park, you know, for for a really long time, including some people that, that we both know, the, mm-hmm. some longtime cast members um, that are in these positions. And I don't know. David, what else can you offer us? What Do you have any other perspective on, I mean, because I know Disney has a long history of, I mean, as much as that statement is, is a feel-good, you know, huggy, warmy statement, uh, the history of it, I think, says something a little bit different. Yeah, just two things to keep in mind, historically speaking. Um, in 1980, the average Disneyland cast member, uh, adjusted for inflation, made $26 an hour. 
So Disneyland used to be a place. It's a lot from back it, then. Yep. And that was in 1980 when the company, Disney wasn't doing great in the 80s. And they paid their employees a great living wage. That The guy that lived across the street from me growing up in Orange, his full-time job was to drive the railroads. And you could, at Disney, you could work at Disneyland and make a living. The the old saying was in the in a book I read that you would you would start out, you know, you would start out on the on the Jungle Cruise and you would retire as a, you know, fire truck driver on Main Street. Yes. You know, because that's how they ran, you know, the show as you start as a young guy, yes. you know, young guy's role and then you retired as an old guy in an yeah. old guy's role. And so in 1980 it was $26 an hour and the average cast member had been there for 11 years. Now it is uh, a, just a dollar above minimum wage is the average salary. Uh, which is so what that'd make it like eleven dollars an hour, and the average cast member has been there for a year and a half. I could wow. see why they have a union. Maybe they had a union back then. Uh, I I always thought the union was pretty. I think powerless. What, what? Yeah, they were pretty toothless when we were there. They were because most people were too afraid to do anything. Right, or they were there for the summer. There, you know, you're there as a college student making extra money. You were there. Um, you know, my, I came. I come. My family was a union family. I come from a, from a family where my dad was a teamster. My dad was a shop steward, um, for the teamsters. Um, he was a machinist. And so he, you know, we always just grew up knowing the union. We grew up knowing the teamsters. And so when I got to Disneyland, it was no big deal for me to join the teamsters because that's what my dad does. In my current job, I am also a union member and I'm, uh, you know, so this is not foreign to me. The, the team, the union at Disneyland has, n- is always been comprised of like college kids or people that are so afraid of losing their jobs yes. that they don't want to make a big stink. And the union kind of knows that. Now I was the beneficiary of and Disney knows some, that and Disney knows that. And I was a beneficiary of some union, um, some union stuff where I, you know, there was some things that happened in my career at the park where the union intervened and they intervened successfully. Um, but at the same time, when it comes to these contracts, it, they just never, just never seem to stick it to them. And it's going to be interesting to see how this affects what happens in Florida because in Florida they are currently negotiating their contract and that's been very contentious as well. What's Florida minimum wage? And I'm not joking here. I think it's something like $6 an hour. It's $1.75 and free gator meat. Yeah, it's whatever, whatever. <laughs> that, okay, so that's interesting. I was just talking the other day to somebody who lives in Florida and their rent costs as much as it does in California. I, I believe it. Where do they live in Florida? I mean, well, I guess it depends where you live. If they're living in Miami, yeah. Yeah, he's living in Miami, is Yeah, it? that's that's why, yeah. So is Orlando it like different is, in Orlando? Orlando is is very livable. Or I, I think Orlando is a great city, even though I just made fun of Florida. It's a, I love Orlando. It's a great town. Does it have the alligators? There. Everywhere. They're everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you go to anywhere, when we went to... And the pythons. When we went to Walt Disney World. And the herpes World, monkeys. Any, <laughs> anywhere that uh, herpes monkeys. Herpes monkeys, yeah. That's yeah, Florida point. has an outbreak of monkeys with herpes um when we went we were basically told anywhere there's a body of water in the state it's a swamp and so anywhere in the state of florida that there's a body of water you're going to find alligators so it's actually not uncommon and we've seen it before when you go to the disney parks all the waterways are interconnected and so sometimes you'll be out by tom sawyer's island or out by thunder mountain and there's a big body of water and there's a couple of alligators it's just it's just part of living there um to answer your question florida minimum wage is eight dollars and 25 cents an hour dang but Again, somewhere like Orlando is probably a little bit more livable. And at one point, I mean, and as early as, yeah. as what Disney World is going to be 50 years old in 2021. And so 50, 40 something years ago, like that was a completely rural area. Yeah. Uh, so. And I know there are plenty of cast members that buy homes and work full time as just cast members at the park yeah. being ride operators or whatnot. 
So, that you used to be able to do in Orange County back in the 50s and 60s. I think one of the, the worst times in Disneyland history negotiations, do you know anything about the, the strike of 85? There was a, for those of you who don't know, there was a strike, I believe, in 1984. In 1984, yeah. And it, it brought about a lot of hurt feelings, people, because some people went on strike and some people didn't. And, uh, there was something, a uh, group of people that were known as Club 22. The strike lasted 22 days. Yeah. And they, the people that lasted and held out all 22 days formed their own club, Club 22. Yeah. And, um, there were like managers and whatnot that were running rides. Uh, and a lot of people went in because the fear was, well, I can't afford to not work, so I have to go in. And this was right when it was the couple months before Michael Eisner became the CEO of Disney. So things at the company were just in turmoil. And so having the strike just reflected poorly on the company. And that's something that I don't think the Disney cast members realized. But the big problem was a lot of cast members refused to go on strike because it's Disney and we're a big family and we have to unite and share love. And that's not the corporate attitude. And so um, I knew people that, that went on strike. I've interviewed a couple of them that went on strike and then just never came back because they were unhappy with the results. And certain people became enemies and never spoke again. And, and then Disney, I found this out. Um, all of the people that went on strike, uh, Disney found where they worked and separated them. So if you, it was a bunch of people that worked at Big Thunder Mountain and Jungle Cruise. Several of them were transferred to Fantasyland and several were transferred to Tomorrowland. Some That's of they, messed up, but people, smart. People they thought were the ringleaders. And I thought, well, all you're doing is just spreading the troublemakers around more as opposed to concentrating. Keeping them all in one. Yeah. Yes. It's so, like yeah. a prison style move. Yeah. Take all the shot callers and spread them around. Exactly. Exactly. John, John's got the uh, the teardrop tattoo in his head. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived a whole nother life. I'm, it's I'm, not a teardrop. It's fairy dust. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking. Oh. I'm looking at his web tattoo on his elbow right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any, have any of that. <laughs> but yeah, um, working in the park in the early 2000s, there were still guys that had been there. And most of them are retired now, but there were guys that were had been there in the early 80s, and they started in the mm-hmm. early 80s, and and they all remember. They were all very like pro union and you know anti management because they were there. Like they knew yeah. people that were working in the park also who they didn't care for they didn't get along with that they were friends with and they were all part of this um strike in 84 yeah but you said there's only there was only 22 of them no 22 days, 22 days. oh 22 days yeah, okay. 22 the, the strike lasted for 22 days and i don't quote me here i believe it came to an end when michael eisner right around the time michael eisner came into well, power i don't remember right off the top of my head but i believe it was done before he before he came CEO. in yeah, yeah. I, I do know that the end the end goes they didn't really nobody really won they kind of ended up with what the company offered what, them and and well, it's, it's mostly the PR thing for the, the ballot. It's important to note that, that we're not complaining about the fact that, they, that they're that they making more money. We're just reporting this as a fact and kind of giving you some um, perspective on the historical. That's why I wanted to bring David in because I know he would be really good to bring in um, some of the, the – give it some historical context. So thank you, David, for that. Certainly. Um, um, on to something like 180 degrees in the opposite direction. Uh, Brandy, let's talk about Snoopy's birthday. So, celebrate Snoopy's birthday on August 10th. On August 10th, 1968, The Peanuts by Charles Schultz published the comic strip above... There's no comic strip above. (laughs) Okay, where Snoopy is surprised by Charlie Brown and the gang for a surprise birthday celebration. 
Everyone's favorite beagle, Snoopy, is celebrating his birthday on Friday, August 10th, and Knott's Berry Farm has come up with a list of five great ideas to help celebrate his birthday. Take a photo with Snoopy. Snoopy always loves to see his friends, especially on his birthday. Don't forget to use Snoopy's special Snapchat filter while you're visiting him and use the hashtag Knott's Berry Farm. Wear your favorite Snoopy gear. One of the best ways to show Snoopy you're excited for his birthday is to wear your Snoopy gear. If you don't have any, have no fear. The camp store in Camp Snoopy is filled with the best Peanuts gear around, including bur birthday Snoopy ears to celebrate the special occasion. This is not coming from Knott's. This is coming from me. Uh, Walmart has Snoopy stuff as well. Right. Okay. The, the the claim of best Snoopy gear around is also uh, com comes from Knott's. We we make no endorsements as to the claim of it being the best or worst of anything. I mean, it's probably better than Walmart, but it'll be cheaper at Walmart. Yeah, but Snoopy won't like it as much. He'll know. <laughs> Snoopy, Snoopy can tell. He'll know. Okay. Watch Snoopy in an all-new show, Beach Blanket Beagle. Cheer on Snoopy, the world's greatest surfing beagle. That's legitimate. That's legit. <laughs> As he takes. I want to know who's like who's who's uh, what contest was held to figure right? that out. How many beagles are surfing? That's what I'm saying. It's like the best Vegas. Like voted the best buffet in Vegas. Who's who are we asking these questions? The drunk people. There we go. <laughs> okay, so that's at Charles Schultz, Charles M Schultz Theater. Uh, Wait, is that that's not the ice show? That's the ice show, yeah, right? That what what used to be? So that, I guess that answers my new question. Have you guys seen this show? No, um, our kids don't like going to the shows, so we try to go on date night. But okay. we always seem to miss them. No, we saw um, we saw, saw a summer one last summer. Don't you remember? Yeah, yeah. So this has taken place. This has taken the place of the ice show. Um, but like the ice place is the best place to cool down. Right, it is like forty degrees in there. Yeah, I really, I used to really enjoy the ice show when I when I worked at Knotts. Um, that was one of my favorite places to go when I went in the park because it's it's like you know it's a thousand degrees on the cement and you know you go inside and it's cool, it's dark. It's like I've got such great memories of going to that um, to seeing the ice skaters at that. I always love the Elvira show. show there. Yeah, the Elvira show is also. Yeah, oh, it's always she's good. not coming yeah. back. We saw the last one. Yeah. She retired. Oh, yeah. you think she's going to. It's a fake, no. a fake comeback? No, no I'm just no. saying that. Yeah, she's yeah. not. Yeah, she's, she's done. No, I forget. I read something on what they're going to do in place of Elvira this year, but I forget it, what it was. Is it Ed, Al Ed Alonzo on the main stage now? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so this is the, the formerly the Good Time Theater. Now the, it was the John Wayne Theater, then it was the Good Time Theater. Now it's the Charles M. Schultz Theater, and nobody's ice skating, and Snoopy's the best. Surfing Beagle in America. Yeah, right. Okay, so grab your favorite Snoopy treat. Grab your favorite Peanuts-themed treats throughout the park, including at including at the new Knott's Bakery Express. I wonder if any of those treats contain actual peanuts. There should be a warning if they do. Yeah. <laughs> sort of or like there. a warning that's saying, when we say Peanuts-themed, we mean the characters, <laughs> not the actual not the nuts. Actual. These are safe for nuts allergies. Okay. Last one, take part in special in-park giveaways on August 10th. Follow Knott's Berry Farm on social media for special giveaway opportunities. Throughout the day, Knott's will post a clue to find a special location at Knott's Berry Farm. Be among the first to arrive at the location and meet the Snoopy team for a special Snoopy prize. Okay, I haven't partaken in this one, but I've watched it on social media, and it seems to be a lot of fun, and the pass holders always win. Okay, cool. So what is the, what, how do you participate again? So on their social media page, so not Berry Farm Facebook page, they um, tell you what time they're going to post the clue. 
So you could watch it. They post the clue, and then you got to find the location. And the first, um, it says like the first person to that location, but on their um, pass holder Facebook pages, which are not run by Knott's Berry Farm, but actual people, um, there's always several winners. So I'm guessing like maybe, you know, to prevent fighting over who got there first, it's really like the first three or something people. But they give away free things, um, T-shirts, mugs, uh, sometimes just a black or uh, um, boysenberry jam. So sometimes it's a lame prize. Like, you know, what kid wants to win a jar of jam? Uh, me. Yeah, that's no, not but bad. I mean, like, <laughs> w- like if our seven-year-old, he's about to be seven, if our seven-year-old won the jam, he'd be like... Yeah, but we'd be stoked. Yeah, but he'd be sad. So that's what I'm saying is sometimes <laughs> it's a good prize. Sometimes it's just depends on the person, but they do offer great things. Cool. They uh, could get away with giving him like a calico chip you know those jason would be excited yeah. with that so i think um i think i'm gonna throw something into the prize pack here for our for our big giveaway uh i'm gonna try and go get a pair of those uh, snoopy ears the snoopy was snoopy oh, birthday yeah, ears. The birth, snoopy birthday yeah, ears. So to, to help celebrate so uh david's book and uh, snoopy birthday ears we'll we'll throw nice. into the prize pack for uh for next month's big giveaway i, I have just, a question yeah okay so it's snoopy's birthday um okay yes next question please <laughs> okay, I got in the next question. When, when, that wasn't a question. That was a statement. statement. Um, okay, so when is like Charlie Brown's birthday? Or is this like Peanut's birthday in general? They have, or they have the Charlie day? Brown Day. Charlie yeah, Brown they day. did. They did. And everybody, they asked everybody to wear their Charlie Brown shirts and shave their head. No, I'm just kidding. They didn't ask uh-huh. them to shave their head. But yeah, people like whose name was Charles Brown or Charlie Brown. Yeah, they like got him free and stuff. Yeah, they, they had okay. like a big group photo. So I think Charlie Brown's birthday is whenever like the rest of the Peanuts all have the same birthday, whenever the first comic was. They think this is the first the anniversary of the first introduction of I want to swing um, it back Snoopy. to the ears, though. I'll swing it back to the do ears. Do you think they're going to try to do it like the mini ears to become collector's items? I think they're going to try. Because yeah. with Smart. the Snoopy ears, that could be more unisex than the Minnie Mouse ears. So I could see where that would work out in their favor. Yeah, I've never... I mean, I guess I understand because the Minnie Mouse ears are head, are hair... Essentially, they're hair bands. I never understood yeah. why they don't have, like, just plain Mickey ears. Like well, Mickey don't they bands. those black ones that are, like, a hat? Well, they have the hat ones. The hat. Yeah, boys yeah. don't really want to wear headbands. Right. I just saw that I saw that question on on Facebook recently, and I'm like, oh, I don't have the answer to that. But the Snoopy well, ears can look unisex, yeah. So I could see boys wearing them. Yeah, absolutely. So okay, cool. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. And so I don't know if you guys will be down there celebrating Snoopy's birthday. It's gonna be hot. Yeah, it's August. It's August in Southern California. So. All right. Well, thank you very much, Brandis. John, take us on to our last news story. All What's right. going on with Not Scary Farm? Not Scary Farm tickets are now are on sale now. Most of the year, we're working hard to make sure it's easy for you to have fun at Knott's Berry Farm. But every fall for over 40 years, our focus shifts a little to scaring the heck out of you. So the scares you get at the park are 100% pure, pure evil. Forty-sixth, wow, forty-sixth. That's crazy. Forty-sixth annual Not Scary Farm will be open select evenings September twentieth through October thirty-first. It will feature fourteen mazes and haunt attractions, including a new scare zone. Ooh, does it say what it is? Um, it might in the rest of this paragraph <laughs> here. Tickets for Not Scary Farm are available now online. Advanced prices are currently forty-two dollars and up per and up per night. One hundred twenty dollars with fright and fast lane, and one hundred forty-nine dollars with fright. Uh, and Fastlane Buffet 
and parking. Ah, uh, the buffet. The buffet. <laughs> oh, I get it. Buffet. <laughs> buffet. Yeah. Oh, the best man. part about the buffet is getting in early, not the food. Yeah, you get in like an hour early. Brandon, do you remember what they had on the, the buffet? I'm going to murder this every single time. On the buffet? It was pretty weak. That sounds like you're from Louisiana. The old buffet. The, the buffet? That's what yeah. I thought you were doing. <laughs> you were doing a southern thing. <laughs> like, what a weird word to suddenly just be southern. Out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember it was like chicken. Or it was turkey. Turkey. It was turkey, ham, roast beef. And like cupcakes and did, such. Did we talk about this? They didn't. Have, they didn't even have the fried chicken, right? They didn't have the nuts. no. Yes, they did, didn't they? I don't remember. It was not. It was nothing. They, they did. They did have the fried chicken, and okay. but it was soggy from sitting. Okay. They had, I think, mashed potatoes and gravy and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you guys go to Halloween haunt? Uh, we go a lot. Yeah, we're cool. pretty. We're pretty fanatic right. about it. Like, I mean, I'm like a little girl. <laughs> you know, meeting like Cinderella when it comes. And I get to scared like, like a little girl. Part. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you right. do. So I think uh, if you guys are up for it uh, to go one night, I would, uh, let's do a vlog. Let's let's go to the buffet. Oh, yeah. yes. Let's do a vlog. Okay, yeah, we do. We do the buffet at least once. So okay. I'll let you know when we're okay. Let me know when you're going. We got to get our in law, my in laws, not okay. his in laws. We'll do. We got to get the in laws to sounds, babysit the kids for us to go. So. That sounds like fun. Okay. And then we'll go first to the uh, dark ride. That's the longest. Oh, which. Yeah. Which we, we yeah. So with the buffet, you get in early. So that'll be our first ride. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. John, anything else in that story? Um, yeah. This year, the entire park has become the attraction and will boast a number of upgrades, including themed landscaping and decor, decor and enhanced ride lighting, such as Hangtime's Halloween design. There will also okay. be... Yeah. <laughs> there will also be select roller coasters in the dark. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yay. The Ghost Town Streets car- uh, Carnival and the Halloween uh, Scare Zones will be back for some screaming fun, plus gothic creatures from the new murky Forsaken Lake will be wandering the area under the Silver Bullet roller coaster. Okay. that's a, that. So that is new. They used to kind of have that place. The Murky kind of Lake. Empty. That used to be the barn one. No. No, no not the barn it was, one. It was a corn maze. Yeah. And we're gonna in in our next segment we're gonna talk a little bit about what uh, what's being offered at um, Halloween Horror Night. Uh, sorry, not Halloween Horror. It's, um, it's not scary for them this year. Fiesta Village will feature a new dance party with Awaken the Dead, Sugar Skull Go Go dancers, and live DJs throughout the night. Knott's Berry Farm held open auditions so for are monsters. Go Go dancers made of sugar skulls. No, Sugar Skull is made of Go Go dancers. <laughs> oh, okay. Either way, either way, it's hot. Yeah, yeah. Flip it either way you want it. Right. Um, That's what she said? Knott's Berry Farm held open auditions for Monsters for its annual (laughs) Scary Farm event on June 30th, drawing out those seeking an opportunity to scare others during the Halloween season. I don't... Do we know anybody who did that? (laughs) Okay. Um, Applicants were interviewed and given an opportunity to show off their best creepy walks and noises. The selected will attend Scary School, Scare School, for training and preparation for their roles in parks, mazes, and scare areas. Uh, so and again, Not Scary Farm will be open select evening September 20th through October 31st. Tickets are on sale now at www.knots.com. Not uh, Scary Farm and Not Scary Farm season pass holders are invited to official Not Scary Farm announcement events with complete information on August 30th. All right. So, excellent. Um, 
that segues perfectly into our next topic of conversation. So you've heard me mention it a couple of times uh, on the last few shows. Once we get into the summer months, it's hot, it's humid, it's August. Kids are starting to go back to school on Monday, not here, but in other parts of Southern California. So I thought um, I would bring up the holiday. We're going to do the holidays in August. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, as the, the last couple of weeks have gone by, there have been more and more announcements about the special holiday offerings that are returning and coming back to the parks in Southern California. And I'm not going to limit it just to Christmas. I know a lot of like podcasts do, like they'll do Christmas in July or Christmas in the summer. We're going to talk about all of it. We're going to talk about Halloween. We're going to talk about the fall. We're going to talk about, um, yes, if ready or not, because Disney certainly is, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about Christmas. And so then at the end of that, we're going to give you some information. And then we're going to talk about sort of our favorite things about the holidays in the parks. Again, it could be Halloween. It could be Christmas. It could be really any of the things that you find will just the general holiday season uh, in the parks. So here we go. Holidays in August, what to look forward to uh, as summer comes to an end. Segwaying off of John's previous story, Knott's Berry Farm has released some information about what they are going to be providing and offering for the upcoming Knott's Berry Farm season. They come from coffins and crypts, from mausoleums and morgues. They are the walking dead. And they await you in the living hell that is Halloween haunt at Knott's Berry Farm. I would just like to say this. I love Knott's Berry Farm, and I would like to be invited to Knott's Berry Farm things and have us go to media events and things like that. However, Knott's Berry Farm's media page, so every theme park has a media page. They have, Disneyland has a media page, Universal has the NBC Universal Media Village. Knott's Berry Farm has the absolute worst media page of any of the major, the, and that includes SeaWorld, of any of the major <laughs> theme parks in Southern California. All of their information, you have to dig for it, and it is it is outdated. Um, so all of this stuff is stuff that should be included in their media page and their media packets, and it's not. You have to go dig through it on their normal website, which is fine. I don't mind doing it. I'm just saying that sometimes it. I wish they would make things a little bit easier. But so I got that off my chest. Um this year, Knott's is offering a Not Scary Farm Pass. You get admission to every night for a limited time. You can grab a Not Scary Farm Pass to go to every uh, night of Scary Farm. Limited quantities are available. Not Scary Farm. That's not true. <laughs> it's limited to the number they can sell. They they promote that like throughout the. Do they do do, do you guys get? Uh... We start getting we started getting emails back in June selling the pass. Um, but when you go buy your ticket, no matter when you buy the ticket, it's going to be like, do you want to buy the pass for this much more? There you go. Uh, Knott's Berry Farm Season Pass holders receive $10 off the $95 price. So there we go. Uh, Knott's Berry Farm tickets, as we learned, are uh, on sale now. You can buy online and save up to $40 off the main gate price of the park. Knott's Season Pass holders save up to an additional $5 off Scary Farm admission, exclamation point, as low as $42, uh, beginning as low as $42 plus applicable taxes and fees. Uh, they are also offering Scary Farm Admission Plus Fright and Fast Lane. You can receive admission to Scary Farm plus unlimited priority access to all mazes and fast lane rides. Save up to $47 when you purchase online. Not season pass holders save an additional $5 as low as $120 plus applicable taxes and fees. 
they are is also, and I actually kind of like the sound of this, the Not Scary Farm All-Inclusive Ticket. You can save up to $74 uh, with the Scary Farm All-Inclusive Ticket. It includes Scary Farm Admission, Parking, Fright and Fastlane, and a Not Scary Farm, in a Not Scary Farm buffet dinner not not season pass holders save an additional five dollars off scary farm and all-inclusive tickets as low as 149 dollars per person and then finally if you just want to do the buffet uh munch with the monsters before and you face your fears treat yourself treat yourself to a not scary farm buffet dinner buffet uh followed by early entrance to select areas of not scary farms uh, not scary farm edition is not included but you can buy online for only 31.99 brandy what are those limited areas of not scary farm um usually i don't know i mean i don't know if it's going to change this year but usually it's yeah, what uh, has it been in the past near like first camp snoopy and fiesta village um okay but and that makes sense too because if you, for some reason, so P- they let you in before it opens normally, like but they don't let you into the park, right? They keep it roped off. So if you get the early entry, you get a um, little thing, you know, that says you could go past that. But for some reason, everyone starts crowding and trying to rush to Ghost Town, waiting for them to drop those ropes so they could go to Ghost Town. Um, so we always go when we don't have the early entry. We go to the Camp Snoopy side because people seem to forget that. Right, we talked about that on our, our we talked about that on our on our Halloween show last year. We some of the tricks, tips and tricks of um, getting oh, yeah. the most out of um, out of Not Scary Farm, and we'll talk about that again this year. So, all right, so Not Scary Farm, anybody going once? Yeah. Yes, going twice. All right, going Dis- several times. <laughs> Buy your pass online. Uh, Disneyland Resort gives guests more days to, than ever to celebrate Halloween time at both Disneyland and Disney California Adventure Parks. time at the Disneyland Resort returns for more, and this is almost as good as buffet, spooktacular days than ever this year, uh, running from September 7th through October 31st, 2018. Uh, new this year is the popular character Vampirina from the Disney Channel and Disney, Ju- Disney Junior hit series for kids and families. Vampirina, also known as V, arrives at the Disneyland Resort for the first time ever, just in time for the Halloween season, which is really funny. Because I know people that work on the studio side and some people that work in the marketing side, and they were absolutely adamant when this show came out that they not include this Vampirina character in anything having to do with Halloween. Why? Why is that? Because they just—it was a branding thing. They didn't want her just to be associated as a Halloween character. They wanted there to be just a mainstream um, character. I'm sorry, I've never heard of this. I, I was going to ask if you guys ever heard of it. Yeah, you guys don't have young. Very yeah, young, not young enough girls. So. Oh, oh, it's for young, like okay. yeah, it's a Disney Junior. Disney. Oh, Junior. Disney Junior. Yeah. Oh gosh, used to yeah. love Disney, Disney Junior. Yeah, I, that was huge in our house. Oh no, our Can, kids had absolutely no interest. We were Nick Junior. No, it's like such great music, though. It was Disney. It was Disney all the way. Yeah, the one I, or the other, I you watched my kids hard. Yo, Gabba Gabba. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> I don't even have kids. Look at my wife's expression; she was horrified. <laughs> All right, uh, confession. before every fight breaks out here, we better just move on. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the Fresh Beat band. <laughs> no, no, no. She's very adamant right. about Nick Jr. So let's. I still watch Disney Jr. Okay, um, everyone's fine. Doc McStuffins. All the way. 
she's also going to be making a special appearance during the Frightfully Fun Parade at Mickey's Halloween Party, which returns with select nights of After Hours Fun, a separate ticket event, and it features some exclusive Disney entertainment, Disney characters in their Halloween attire, and trick-or-treating at locations throughout Disneyland Park, a chance for the entire family to visit the park and Halloween costumes, which is always super fun. Um, and by the entire family, I mean me and my adult wife. Go to Disneyland and call time parties and fun costume. Full costume. Handmade. What you got a plan for this year's? Uh, we haven't planned for this year's yet. Um, we have some coming in, though. Okay. All right. So Mickey's Halloween Party is an after-hours separate ticket event where guests may dress in costume and have the opportunity to trick-or-treat throughout Disneyland Park for candy and healthy goodies. Mickey's Halloween Party also includes special entertainment, classic attractions, and the added bonus of unlimited Disney Photo Pass digital downloads of photos taken during the event, which I already get with my pass. So, mm. um, also exclusive to Mickey's Halloween Party is the Frightfully Fun Parade, led by the Headless Horseman of Sleepy Hollow, which is actually really cool because it's an actual, it's a full like, Headless Horseman costumed rider riding an actual horse down Main Street. I heard they actually hired a guy without a head. That's yeah. how realistic they went. They like went for it. It's his one day a year. Exactly. Or one season. It's one season a year. I mean, yeah. well, you don't have a head. You gotta, it's tough to find one yeah. without a head. Yeah. And, it's really hard to get a head in life. Ooh. Yay. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Better than Boo Fest. Boof, excuse me, Buffet. Buffet is oh, yeah. like way too cute of a name for Not Scary Farm. No, it is. I, I, I don't agree. Um, I, sorry, I do agree. Um, uh, I don't disagree. Uh, an exclusive treat for guests attending Mickey's Halloween party is Halloween Screams, a supernatural fireworks show. Uh, the Nighttime Spectacular is hosted by a master of, ready for this, Scaramonies. Mm. <laughs> I see what they did. Jack Skellington. Um, tag is going to be how many puns can Halloween related puns can Chris make in one episode uh, also um, the, head, the headless horseman rides down Main Street USA on a black steed while a flickering jack-o'-lantern to usher in the parade which features Vampirina Jack Skellington and a procession of grim grinning ghosts um, from the Haunted Mansion it's actually a really fun parade we've seen it in Florida um, we do prefer the one in Florida to this one but um, the headless horseman used to actually like run at full gallop down oh, the, parade, cool. the parade route um, there was an incident in the, the rain, and they don't do that anymore. But it's oh. actually it's, it's still really cool. It's actually, um, they have one particular horse that they bring out every year that they train specifically for this event um, at both on both coasts, and it's actually it's really impressive. It's pretty fun. Uh, guests attending Mickey's Halloween party may also visit Villain Square for a chance to encounter and take photos with Disney villains. Additional Disney characters donned in Halloween attire can also be found throughout the park. Uh, Mickey's Halloween party tickets may be purchased online and on mobile devices at Disneyland.com, or you can call our travel partner, visit our travel partner, uh, Magical Vacation Planner by Karis, to book your uh, packages. Some nights may be sold out, and guests may check availability at Disneyland.com or contact your travel agent. Uh, of course, we recommend Karis. Parking is not included in the ticket price, and parking fees will apply. Mickey's Halloween party is a non-smoking event. For more information about Halloween time at the Disneyland Resort, please visit www.disneyland.com slash Halloween. So, um, Halloween party? Has anybody ever been to a, I mean, aside from Scary Farm, Halloween party? Nope. I'm sorry, I'm very loyal. <laughs> Brandy is, is not to get out. Um, so, let's talk about some of the offerings that they're going to be um, at the two parks really quickly. Two popular attractions transform. Uh, so, at Disneyland, um, some of the Halloween offerings. Uh, it's a lot of stuff that we've seen before, right? It's a lot of stuff that that is returning. Um, 
two popular attractions transform into their annual Halloween themes. Haunted Mansion becomes the Haunted Mansion holiday inspired by Walt Disney Pictures classic Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Which is awesome. Which is, uh, I love. But okay, so here's the debate. I like it. Here's the debate. Haunted Mansion holiday. Is it a Halloween attraction or is it a Christmas attraction? It's a Christmas attraction. Yeah. But I don't think it would fit in Christmas. Well, it stays up during Christmas. They keep it up for three months? Yeah. I don't know. They kept it up through Christmas. Yeah, they're gonna start. They're gonna. We don't have any fish. I had meat. neighbors like that before. And hmm. if I can say this, and if I'm the only person on the planet who believes this, I am fine with it. Uh, other than the Nightmare Before Christmas layover, don't, don't go there. I'm gonna. Don't go other there. Other than that thing, don't go I there. I hate all seasonal decorations and events at Disney parks. Okay. Just hate them. Okay. I want to go. I, I think about people that I met when I worked there that got to come to the park one time their entire life. And they get to come and everything's like Halloween or everything's like Christmas. I'm like, that's I just gonna, stupid. Yeah, I'm going to say I had that same thought. I haven't gone and, to Disneyland for Christmas or Halloween. But I always think that, too, is people come from out of the country or save their whole lives to bring their kids here. And they're ruining the Disney experience for those people who could only afford to come in December. Yeah, everything now looks like Christmas and I see, and I disagree. It's one of my favorite times of the year. But I you're a pass holder, not a tourist. Well, I think it's designed more for pass holders. Yeah, I I love uh, small. I won't. I refuse to. Well, I wrote it with John and Brandis and the kids, but um, like I refuse to ride Small World any other time besides Christmas time. It's my favorite version of that attraction. Right. I don't like it because they have to close things down for a month. That's true. So yeah, all I mean, these rides go down to get. Change to the holiday, and then they have to go down to go back. And they haven't made the announcement yet, but usually Haunted Mansion, like original recipe, goes down and for the the conversion at the end of sometime towards the end of August. And I've been I've been told last year that's why they didn't do Jingle Cruise because right, they couldn't they, have one more attraction shut down right, to be converted because there was over. a lot they were working on a lot of stuff last year. Yeah, although they haven't mentioned it coming back this year. They did have it in Florida. We we wrote it in Florida at Christmas time. Yeah, but um, do you feel the same way about Jingle Cruise? Um. I never had to work it. I think I would just make fun of it if I was a skipper there a lot. But the skippers that work there love it and have fun with it. I've only talked to a like couple that Christmas don't like it. Hats on the elephant and stuff. No, that's yeah. exactly what, what that's exactly what they do. What's interesting is the skippers that I interviewed that have been there for several years liked the first year of Jingle Cruise when it was more understated and it was very mellow. And then the next year it was taken over by a different part of the Disney company who do like the holiday decorations, mm-hmm. and they just went. It looked like Liberace threw up. Christmas all over the Jungle Cruise. I thought it was way over the top, and, and guests loved it, and skippers tended to hate it. And as we know, like we did, we did our own kind of underground versions of the Jingle Jingle Cruise when we were there, yeah. and David and I worked there. You know, we we had homemade hats. I got you know Santa hats for ourselves. I got approved by Imagineering. We wrote our own Christmas themed jokes, and yeah. you know, we hung Christmas decorations from the boats, and it all got approved by Imagineering. And then it all became very corporate, which I kind of resented because I loved that it yeah. was just our own thing and then they never wanted to approve it officially and then several to be honest several jungle cruise skippers made their way into imagineering and they're like hey this thing that we used to do we should do that we should do that forever for real which is cool let me see can i say one more thing about it yeah if you like the halloween stuff the christmas stuff that's fine i just want i want the christmas stuff gone december 26th like when you go to the park and it's Almost Martin Luther King Day, and they're still doing Christmas jokes. You're like, it's like no, fe- it's like February. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like after even even like the late part of December, I want it gone. And like when the Halloween stuff is there into early November, I want it 
instantly gone. I'm gonna say I'm not I'm that way with my house, so I understand. Uh, but tradition, you're supposed to leave it up until New Year's. Your Christmas decorations are supposed to stay up till New Year's traditionally. Yeah, my mom's tree becomes a fire hazard at that point. Like she was one of those who she yeah. keeps her tree. We always kept our tree up until after New Year. Now in my own house now we have a fake tree, so it doesn't really matter. We had a fake tree for the first time last year, but I've always had real trees because yeah. I didn't grow up with Christmas. So it's like a real oh, tree gotcha, to me is right, yeah. so exciting. Fake but trees have no smell. That's a honey of a tree, Clark. You real? Yeah. yeah. Dug it out of the ground myself. My dream would be to unwrap the presents and then take out the tree. That on, well, all on the 25th. That would be... That's how I, that's how I do it I wouldn't it have a tree. That's true. I'd, I'd have a palm tree. But oh, it's that's like, cool. We, I've been we, to Israel. There are no there are no pine trees in Israel. It, it's but because old. because it is a fire hazard, that's why I love the real tree. But I want it out of my house now. Like yeah, yeah it's it's kindling at that point. All right. So tree. wrapping up wrapping up Halloween, guys. Uh, Space Mountain in Tomorrowland. Uh, Ghost Galaxy is returning. Um, guests on board a Space Mountain vehicles into a ghostly galaxy where they're surrounded by eerie screams, sound effects, and music. Spine chilling spirits pop out of the darkness and appear to reach out and menace in the space travelers. Some people love this. I don't get it. Um, cool addition this year uh, to commemorate the Mexican holiday of Day of the Dead. Um, everybody knows Coco came out last year, and they've been doing this before Coco, but I'm sure they're going to incorporate some of those characters into it more. Uh, guests will encounter the colorful Dia de los Muertos tribute in Frontierland, uh, an exhibit that features a musical trio of skeleton figures, brightly colored flowers, uh, no sugar skull go-go dancers, though. I'm going to be disappointed. We'll enjoy a beautiful decor on Main Street, USA, including a giant Mickey Mouse jack-o'-lantern and a pumpkin festival. So uh, over at California Adventure, Oogie Boogie returns to take over DCA with his vision of a forever Halloween, much to David's chagrin. Inspired by Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie Boogie's oversized silhouette will beckon guests through the main entrance of the park and hover over a swarm of bats that circle around Carthay Circle Restaurant and Lounge. Halloween decor extends along Buena Vista Street and the special Halloween H-A-U-L. Makeover returns at Z-Townsfolk of Razor Springs, don Halloween costumes, and decorate their respective homes. Guests will encounter Lightning McQueen, Mater, Cruz, Red, and DJ in costumes as they get ready to go trunk or treating. I'm going to punch myself now. Uh, popular Cars Land attractions transform as well. Mater's Junkyard Jamboree takes on a spooky tone as Mater's Graveyard Jam Boo-ry. Wow. <laughs> and Luigi's Rollican Roasters gets a seasonal twist. Um, to There's become, too many dads working at Disney. There are, yeah. Oh, too many Jungle Cruise skippers now. <laughs> uh, the final portion is Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout before, uh, transformed into Guardians of the Galaxy Monsters After Dark. Um, that was also there last year. So, anything left on Halloween, you guys? This is... You know, one thing I kind of skimmed over back on the Knots thing to kind of take it back is they said something about rides that are in the dark. Yeah, I was Coaster, thinking that too. Like they wondered. have no dark ride coasters. I think they're just going to turn off the safety lights. Yeah, it's not so safeties. You know, they're just they're going to. Um, eh. You live your life, <laughs> you take a chance. Go for it. Yeah, um, I think they're going to do some. They said something about special lighting on hang time. Hang time, yeah. And do you know what they should do? Is they should do the mine ride. It's like a slow ride, but keep all the lights off on that until they do things like drop bats down from the ceiling or something because you know it's a case yeah i've always because i know they do something for the calico mine ride or they used to at least where they they pop out they used to do log ride i love the calico yeah. mine ride yeah and the, the log ride sorry yeah you're right the log ride which by the way 
I know. Calico I know. I saw that. Shirt. Yeah. Um, I would, that, yeah. Respect. David, you want to say something? I tell people, if you want to know what parts of the Caribbean almost was, go on the Calico Mine Ride, because that's what parts of the Caribbean was going to look like. You would walk through or travel through, and they were just going to be these static, non-moving figures. But thanks to the New York World's Fair, Walt was able to develop new technology. World's Fair seemed to like have a lot of positive things to Disneyland. Oh, yeah. Like it was... the people movers, right? Wasn't that from that? Or... And the, um, yeah, there was a number of things they got yeah. from there. The, you know, the Omnimover thing, the... Um, Hanna mentioned the building was already built. Yeah, they had already that. started construction on pirates, and all of it stopped. The Hanna Mansion building sat there for five years, while they realized, "Oh, we could do this a lot better." So, yeah, the '64 World's Fair was really important. Yeah, and can I say one more thing? Yeah, just to prove my hypocrisy, uh, total. You'll ask me to leave the room. Uh, I kind of think the um, the Halloween layover at Cars Land is cool, <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> I just think it's cool. Like, That's pretty cool. Halloween. 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 I like it. I don't know why, but I, li- I saw that and I'm like, all right, that's kind of. So, okay. So moving fun. on, once we get, uh, so moving on. The, and actually, I will give them credit. Well, it, it says it starts. Uh, so beginning the day after Halloween, essentially. Um, so the Halloween decorations come down. And of course, Disney is the only one that's re- uh, released any information coming up on its uh, Christmas events. So this takes us through the start of 2019. Um Usually the decorations go up the day after Halloween, but uh, Holidays at the Disneyland Resort returns once again this year, bringing seasonal magic to the happiest place on Earth, beginning November 9th, 2018 through January 6th, 2019. Again, much to David's chagrin, because um, he hates happiness. This festive season includes a return of favorite holiday experiences and entertainment, including Festival of Holidays and the Believe in Holiday Magic Fireworks Spectacular, the Festival of Holidays, which honors the sights, sounds, and tastes of Christmas and Navidad and Hanukkah, Diwali, Kwanzaa, and Three Kings Day. It's actually one of my favorite things to go do. Um, ever since they started doing the Festival of the Holidays at California Adventure, I go to California Adventure a lot more during the holidays. They have the food booths set up. They have a lot of international foods. They switch out the menus in a lot of restaurants. There's um, They do a lot more international things over at California Adventure, which I find really exciting. Um, for the residents of Carsland, uh, the snow car will once again return and greet guests along the road to Radiator Springs. Additionally, each address along Route 66 will uh, get a holiday makeover that reflects the personality of its car's characters, so Flo's, Fillmore's, Cozy Cone Motel. Um, plus, two attractions receive their holiday overlay again this year to become Luigi's Joy to the World and Mater's Jingle Jamboree. And Mater's Jingle Jamboree is actually really cute because it's got a lot of um, they do Kwanzaa songs and they do Christmas songs, and it's all sung by Larry the Cable Guy. So, all right. There you go. Guests can uh, enjoy special holiday themed activities with Santa Claus and his sleigh full of mischievous elves at Santa's holiday visit at the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail over at Disneyland Park. Sleeping Beauty's Winter Castle will enchant from day to night with its shimmering icicles and twinkling lights. Nope. <laughs> in the evening, the spectacular Believe in Holiday Magic Fireworks is going to entertain everybody but David and its magical <laughs> snowfall. Hey, I love the fireworks. <laughs> and its magical snowfall, snow soap, snowfall finale create lasting memories for guests. Uh, Mickey, Minnie. Remember when that would blow into the jungle on windy days? Oh, yeah. You'd be driving through the jungle and all this fake snow it's soap bubbles will be pouring down on you you're like and then here's jungle snow 
It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> the kids would get excited. I'd be like, it's a Christmas miracle. It's and here's cool. Trader Sam. The, the head salesman. The head salesman. Uh, Mickey, Minnie, Disney, Princesses, and Santa celebrate the season in a Christmas fantasy parade. Uh, returning for its 120th year, uh, a daily procession with floats, music, and marching tin soldiers. I love this parade. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of kind of hoping that they switch it out for something a little bit more new and a little bit more updated. Um, the tin soldiers is probably my favorite part. In fact, I usually wait for the the toy soldiers from Babes in Toyland to go by. They play real trumpets. They play real drums. They're actual musicians that you know, they, they hire. And once those go by, I usually kind of... So can you just imagine, like, paying, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for your child to go to school to learn to play the trumpet professionally, and he marches at Disneyland instead? Oh, we do. We, we, we make that joke all the time. I literally would not be more proud of my kids. Yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I've already well, informed you're, my kids. Because you're expecting him to be, like, touring with some famous symphony all over the world, and he's marching at Disneyland. Although I will say this. Cool. The musicians at Disneyland get paid very, very well. Yeah, it's, it's a union thing. And plus, yeah. that means your child is a musician with a job. So that's pretty and good. And that's re- and yeah. Or they're a trumpet player with a job. Right? <laughs> Disney's not just be taking trumpet players off the street. Yeah. You gotta, like, yeah. So, it's like a charity. Yeah, we, we, we talk about it all the time. It's like SeaWorld. Sort of a tangent, but there was a. Um, a story involving a gymnast at Walt Disney World in the Lion King show, and I guess all the, there are gymnasts that are monkey performers in that show, and they went around literally recruiting like ex Olympians, and so they were they were recruiting like ex Olympians and college athletes at at this you know for the Lion King show because the original monkey trampoline performers and gymnasts were aging out and getting hurt all the time. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right, so finishing up really quick. Uh, they're going to have feature a 60-foot-tall Christmas tree in Town Square, Main Street, USA, filled with 1,800 ornaments and the tree where many on the tree where many friends and family gather to take photos each year. Disneyland guests um, will want to experience It's a Small World because it's a small world holiday. Nope. Love the soundtrack for that. Um, a holiday with dolls and toys representing children around the world enjoying the distinct holiday traditions of the countries. Haunted Mansion becomes, well, remains... Uh, Haunted Mansion Holiday with Jack Skellington and his friends from Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas uh, causing a collision between Christmas and Halloween, even though it is clearly, much like Die Hard, a Christmas movie. Um, the downtown Disney, Disney District offers um, many things throughout the holidays, festivities with tinking lights, ornaments, carolers, holiday displays, special entertainment, and holiday-inspired eats and treats. So there we go. We've got about five or so minutes left before we had to go. Um, really quickly... Um, Brandy and John, what are your favorite things about any of the holiday season um, at the parks? Oh, so for Nantes, it's like too much to really even get into. Like they do at Nantes, they do for Halloween. There's um, you kids could come in their costumes on uh, Saturdays and Sundays and they do a little parade for the kids in a costume contest. Um, I mean, there's not scary farm is amazing. I mean, Christmas is magical. They do snow and music everywhere and shopping. And They've really kicked up the game over at Knott's Berry Farm around Christmas time. They I, have. Yeah. It's, and they do, um, my favorite is the Passholder Appreciation Night. Um, the first night of their Christmas, the Passholders get to go and nobody else. And it's free and you all get a commemorative ornament that is actually a really nice ornament. And get to preview Christmas at Knott's before everyone else. That's very cool. Yeah, I, I love making it out to Knott's for Christmas. I um, I enjoy all the Halloween decor. I'm not a big. I think we've talked about this before. I'm not a big like 
Scary Farm or Halloween Horror Nights person, but I do enjoy all the holiday um, fall decorations at Disneyland. I really miss the Big Thunder Ranch area in the back of Disneyland where they used to have the fall entertainment and they would have the big pumpkin festival. Sounds like they're going to try and bring that back. Of course, that area is where Star Wars land is going to be going. But um, are they going to do a Star Wars Christmas? I don't know. I don't think so. Probably. I'm going to say probably I would not. pay thousands of dollars if they would recreate. What was it called? The Star Wars Christmas special. The cover of Christmas yeah. I saw it. B. Um, Arthur. Yes. Yeah. But they had, it was like the World Day or Love Life Day. Day. Life Day. Chewbacca, That's what it was. They were selling, they were celebrating Life Day on Cheek. Life Day. If, if they would do that, I would pay $1,000 um. to see that done. <laughs> you may pay $1,000. And if George Lucas was forced to watch it. <laughs> um, uh, John, do you have any special thoughts um, on the holidays? Any of the well, of course, like, you know, Halloween Haunt is number one on my list. But um, I do also like like Ghost Town and the train and stuff during Christmas because there are like there's a, they have a Christmas tree there, too. And it's just kind of like the old cowboy vibe of Christmas. And I don't know. That's kind of cool. Well, they do a good Halloween overlay for the um, oh, what's that kid's train called? I can never remember the ride's names. <laughs> not I don't the, know we, we know we know it's not the Sierra Sidewinder because we no we, we do that. know that name now. Is no, it Cedar something? Or? Yeah, no. Is the, the the little train in Camp Snoopy? Yeah. Yes, they do a great Halloween overlay for that. Yeah, that's fun. That's yeah. true. So, um, like I said, I do enjoy. I, I I just love the holidays in the parks. Um, I I annoy them. every time we go past. It's a small world. I just have the Christmas version of It's a Small World stuck in my head, and I love the just. The feeling like that's where I feel like Christmas because you know climate change and global warming. It's always ninety degrees here in you know California at Christmas time and Christmas Day. So um, I like to go to the parks to get that just that little bit of uh, Christmas feeling. And I don't like I don't care for the snow on the castle. I don't I don't know if that's my favorite thing or not. But the, the lights are beautiful and the decorations are beautiful. And this year they brought back the, the garland. So. Um, yeah, you know what? Christmas Carol people—they're on the train at knots. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, that's—they're really good. They have and they're the, interactive, which is cool. And they're all named Carol. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I had a friend that did that. I had a friend, she's an actress and she's a singer, and she did that uh, the Christmas. I I want to experience a lot more of that this year. Is is my goal? But um, yeah, they have like I love. I just love everything about the holidays, and I'm, I'm so glad the parks are just constantly stepping up their game. All right. Anything else on the holiday discussion? Yes. Um, between Knott's Scary Farm and Knott's Merry Farm, if you want to go to Knott's super cheap, they usually do half price because they, they're they like taking down the Halloween decorations, putting up the Christmas. Um, so they will have rides closed. But that's when we used to go before we became pass holders. Um, I also, the, the, one more thing. I love the Christmas craft fair. They have the same like nine vendors every year. Oh yes, but I love the Christmas craft fair at Knott's Berry. And Farm. they they're they're Soaps there for the everywhere. Blackberry Festival too. Right, yeah, and some also in there the Boysen, Boysenberry Festival. No. Yes, Boysenberry. Yeah, I always say Blackberry. <laughs> I like the Boysenberry Festival. I think that's cool. That is my favorite. Of, that's very cool. Oh gosh, I don't know if it's that or Knott's Berry Farm. I love all of Knott's like seasons except summer. Yeah, it's summer's just no. I love Ghost Town Alive. It's just too hot. It is very, very warm. We have a we have a good friend that is is the deputy mayor of Ghost Town. But um, all right, we're going once, going twice. Well, that's going to do it for the holidays in August, and that's going to do it for our show. Thank you very much for joining us. We will be back in two weeks with a new show. In the meantime, you can connect with Vacation Land online by visiting our website, vacationlandpodcast.com, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash vacationlandpodcast, our Instagram page, at BL Podcast, our Twitter, 
vacationlandshow. Email us if you have any questions or suggestions for the show, vacationlandpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, if you're listening to us on iTunes or watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Speaking of YouTube, we just uploaded a new video. Uh, it's me and Karen trying the new food offerings at Pixar Pier, and in a couple of weeks we're going to do another one. We're going to go say goodbye to Bugsland, and we're going to have a dinner at the Lamplight Lounge. So... Um, Make sure to go and check those out. Rate, subscribe, click those uh, the bell icon to get notified whenever we upload a new video. And um, I have a new video coming up, hopefully this week as well, I of my trip out to SeaWorld. And that's just a very interesting look at SeaWorld. So we hope you have enjoyed the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you to all of our guests. Thank you, Brandis. Thank you, John. Thank you, David, for coming in again. Sure. Once again, my name is Chris Ramirez. I am the host and executive producer of the show. We hope you have enjoyed it. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your stay in Vacation Land. We'll see you next time.